On the show tonight, we're covering my NFL picks, my top 10 Canadian athletes of the last 25 years, updates in the NHL, updates in the NBA protocol, as well as any updates, news, and around the world of sports. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast. Saturday everyone. I hope everyone's having a good weekend. Hope they enjoyed their work week. Welcome to the podcast. Lots to cover on the show today. So let's kick it off with the NBA. As you know, updates in regards to the protocol. The NBA is going to be resuming or has already resumed its training camp starting this past week. And this regular season is not too far away starting on December 2nd. So just to confirm the key provisions in the initial document, uh, anyone who tests positive will have two routes to return to work, uh, go 10 days or more than after first positive test or on-site onset of symptoms or negative test twice or at least, uh, or sorry, a negative test twice, at least 24 hours apart uh, via PCR testing. Any player who tests positive, even asymptomatic, uh, will not be allowed to exercise for a minimum of 10 days and then be monitored in individual workouts for additional two. So that's going to be very tough in the regular season. Whew, I wonder how many superstars are actually going to buy by this rule and how many teams are actually going to, you know, follow it through. Listen, if LeBron James, listen, I'm not wishing this on anyone, but I'm just using him as an example. Let's say LeBron, Anthony, uh, Giannis, Antetokounmpo, let's see, Steph, Draymond, uh, uh, Lillard, any leader of their team, let's say they get it, are they going to abide by these rules? Are the teams going to abide by these rules? And the one thing that's going to happen is, what happens if it's the playoffs? Listen, I know a vaccine's coming, but, you know, (laughs) this is a playoff round. If someone tests positive, this is a playoff round or potentially two playoff rounds depending on when they get uh tested positive that is the thing same thing that is the scary part now i don't know if the playoffs are going to be happening in a bubble again it could but um we'll see what happens but uh, more updates so like i stated so basically you're out 12 days minimum for if you test positive asymptomatic no criteria mention of what might prompt nba to suspend the season well, we'll see what that happens. All right, so here's one good thing that's going to be happening when it comes to traveling parties. Uh, teams traveling parties will be limited to 45 people, so that's including 17 players, uh, as they make their way around the country to play home and road schedules in NBA arenas. So that's good as well. Uh, but guess what's back? The hotline for tips. So if you know of someone that's violating the uh, NBA policy in regards to COVID, you can now rat them out because I don't know how someone in New York is going to know what the hell they're doing in San Francisco, but we all know who could be using it. Someone's going to be a snitch. We all know who. We, uh, we don't really know who. Maybe if there's a big game and a playoff positions on the line, maybe someone might snitch. Maybe. 
Uh, in regard, they do mention about the vaccine, what will happen if the vaccine is available. Uh, well, the NBA will negotiate whether players and coaches and staff will be required to receive it. If not, it's required adjustments to make safety position, uh, provisions such as requiring more masking or testing, and for those who are not to receive the vaccination, might be implemented. So that's good that they have those provisions there. And they have uh, talks about, you know, no going to gyms, bars, uh, additional sporting events, social gatherings with 15 or more people. And on the road, uh, staff will be permitted to dine outside their hotels if the restaurants provide outdoor dining, have fully privatized indoor rooms, where I've met requirements to be formally approved by the league and players union, the NBA and the MBPA, MBPA will work to provide a list of these three approved restaurants in each market. So that's good to have uh, as well. So as you know, MLB had lots of issues last year in regards to players just going out and doing whatever. There are going to be set rules here. So, and then we have updates here. As you know, the in rule here, uh, 22 of the 20 th or 30 teams participating. So that was just bringing up what happened there. So here, NBA preseason schedule uh, featuring 49 games, uh, two to four per team begin Friday, runs through uh, December 19th. And then the NBA plans their 72 regular season game December 22nd and ends mid-May with uh, the 2021 finals being scheduled to be completed in July. So that's good as well. So it's not much here what they're going to be doing in regards to the bubble. Um, I hope they do a bubble for the playoffs. That is going to be key because with the amount of players going in and the testing that needs to be done, you can restrict it on the travel. It helps with protection of players. Listen, I know a vaccine's coming. We all know what's been hearing in the news. Everyone should be vaccinated by the end of 2021 or beginning of 2022 let's just hold off and w see if the vaccine is actually going to be there in time for the NBA season to be completed that's including the NBA finals hard to say but you never know but I would not be upset if they did another bubble again I would not be and it would make me happy if they did just so we reduce the risk and then that way if a vaccine does come out and does complete or does take effect you can resume a regular NBA schedule starting 2021. Go back to the 82 games, um, fans back in the stands. You can you can resume as close as normal season as possible if everything goes according to plan. This is just if everything goes according to plan. Things change. It is the wild world of sport, sports. It is society. So we do not know what may happen. It's hard to predict. It really is. Like I stated before, now the one concern is, will players be abiding by these rules? Will the league uh, be issuing suspensions? Uh, not much here in the article that was written uh, that I saw, but if there are going to be suspensions, will there be fa uh, fines, draft picks surrendered? Is it anything like the NFL? You know, you get multiple warnings, and then the more warnings you get, the severe the penalty is going to be. Who knows? It's, it's, it's going to be a tough one to think of, and it's going to be hard to manage but uh, listen the season kicks off uh, what today is the fifth so we're 17 days away from the NBA season kicking off uh, about six days away from preseason starting so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting couple of weeks 
And it's going to be interesting to see what happens as we get closer and closer to the end of the schedule and see what happens in regards to positive tests. It's going to be interesting in the middle. It is. It's, it's really going to be interesting this season because, you know, that's a lot of, that's what, seven potential games missed in 12 games, six to seven, depending on how many are being played. Because you know, if you're looking at every other day, maybe six games uh, being played, depending on who's positive. And then what are you going to do with those that are around that person that tested positive? The virus has always been a tricky thing. So it's, it's going to be an interesting season, like I've stated. And we'll see how this develops. But remember, kicks off the regular season kicks off on December 22nd. Uh, last night, I discussed my projected uh, seedings. In regards to the NBA, I went with, uh, for the East, Bucks, Boston, Toronto, Brooklyn, Heat, 76ers, Pacers, and Orlando. And then for the West, Lakers, Clippers, Denver, Portland, GSW, Utah, Phoenix, Dallas, and I have Houston looking on the outside in. So those are my projected. They're not finalized. I'll, after the preseason, I'll see how everything goes. We don't know what Houston's going to be like with Bradley Beal and James Harden. We don't know what Washington's going to be like with, you know, Westbrook and Beal. Sorry, Wall and Houston, or Wall and Harden, Beal and Westbrook. I believe I got that right. Yes, I did. Um, in Washington. So those are going to be interesting teams. I can see Washington potentially be on the outside for the East. Uh, Charlotte, uh, actually, when I was redoing this earlier, let me just take a look, because I had a list set up in regards to who could be on the outside looking in. Um, potentially Charlotte, just because we don't know. So Charlotte, Washington, maybe Atlanta, Pistons, no. So Charlotte, Washington, the Hawks as your three teams on the outside looking in. Houston, I can see being the only one because I'm not really sold on Sacramento. Uh, it's, it's really hard to say what that's going to be like. You know, you do have Sacramento there. You do have other teams. It's, it's hard to say. It, it really is. You don't know what's going to happen. But I'm liking what I have already, so just wait and see that's what it might projected uh, my finalized list I will do it before the regular season kicks off uh, so that's what I'll have finalized so what's today the 5th next week's the 12th so the 19th I would say I would have my finalized or 19th 20 the 21st if I were to look at the schedule that I have here in front of me where I'm trying to debate. So I'm saying the 19th, maybe. Uh, so the 21st. So December 21st, which is a Monday, um, I will have my finalized list of what I think the seating will be. And then when we get to the final seating, we'll see how close I am. Maybe I'll do some MVP predictions. Who knows? But you know what? Actually, December 21st will be my preview to the NBA season. So look out for that. December 21st, preview to the NBA season. Kind of all over the place today. I do apologize. I still have a lot more to cover. 
as you know, it is my Saturday episode, which means I still got my games to announce, as well as my top 10 Canadian athletes of the last 25 years. So I'm actually excited about this list. It makes me nervous about lists because it's just hard to predict who you want to go where, this, this, and this, who's what, who's the best athlete, how, how am I impacting te- team players, individuals, who do I rank higher. It's, it's kind of tough. It is really tough, but the list I'm hopefully going to be happy with. Uh, so we'll kick it off with the M- uh, NHL just for a little bit. NHL is discussing whether or not to, when they resume in the season, there's talks of just January 1st. The amount of games right now is 56. Uh, up for discussion is mostly salaries, testing, divisions, especially when it comes to Canadian teams. You can have all the Canadian teams play in the same division, or you can have all the Canadian teams resume their normal divisions, but they're going to play in the United States, and are the Canadian teams going to have to share with other hockey teams? Just like the San Francisco 49ers is playing for in Arizona for the remainder of the season due to what's happening in Santa Clara. Could that be happening? It could. Um, and the one question is, when it comes to money, because, you know, you, you have your billionaires and you have your millionaires when it comes to the NHL. You have a lot of solo owners. You have some corporations like MLSC. And you have individual owners like in Carolina, Columbus. So it's it's all about the sh- revenue sharing. How much is this owner going to get? This. So wh- how much money is going to be spent? How, how much money is going to be te- set on testing? Are teams going to be required for testing? Is the league going to be providing setups for their teams for testing? What are the divisions going to be like? Salaries for the players. Like are we looking at minimized salaries? What's going to be the prorated salary for the season? So when you're looking at it here, are they expecting the players to take a 50% salary reduce? Now, is that just for the higher players who are making the higher salaries? And those that are making the lower amounts, are they going to be taking a different type of salary breakdown? So the season's going to be updating on that. So the NHL is kind of on pace with what the NHL was do- or NBA was doing. You have these plans, you have a date, but nothing's really set in stone, and it's kind of going to be rushed. If it's the NHL, have your seat, not your regular season start on January 1st, have a new league year start on January 1st. And then maybe your season starts midway through January. Or you start your preseason the second week of January. Regular season starts end of January, maybe first weekend of February. That way you just have everything organized and planned. The NBA was kind of able to carry over some of their stuff from the bubble. Things have changed just because there are more Canadian teams in the NHL than there are in the NBA. You can shift one team to, let's say, Tampa Bay, like the Raptors are. Whereas Toronto, you have Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto, Ottawa. You have a lot of teams there that need to be moved and need to find places to play. Now, that's going to be tough. And with the border restrictions, it's going to be even worse. Listen, it's great that Alberta's got the pilot project, but the pilot project cannot work for a regular season. It cannot. And if we do get a playoff season again, you'll have to do it with a bubble, and you'll have to choose a location to do so. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough, and it might seem rushed. It might not. It's it's on the same pace as the NBA, where you have a lot of stuff to do in a short amount of time. And right now, it's just all hoo ha, and you can't really predict what's gonna happen. You you really can't. So I really hope that the NHL takes their time in getting this done right. Maybe follows a little bit of what the NBA is doing, 
And you know what? I, I hope it's just not the Canadian teams in the division. They just play each other. But, you know, maybe, depending on what's going on, that's what happens. Maybe you extend bye weeks in regards to teams playing. Maybe what happens is you have the teams fly into Alberta. You have them remain in Alberta to do the rapid testing. And while you're there, you can monitor it and maybe play games in Canada because you're going to be there. That's the one thing that's great. Maybe that's how the NBA or NHL should look at their schedule when in regards to playing in Canada. So you just wait and see. That's the difficult part. Maybe you just make your... Because when you're in Alberta, you have Edmonton and Calgary. So you can have at least two games. Now it's just the amount of time that you're going to be in the country for those two games. Maybe those teams that come to Canada have their bye week in Canada. It's hard to say. It's a lot to ask for. It is. But this NHL season hopefully has a plan. They hopefully develop something for the time being. But January 1st is the earliest start date that they have predicted. 56 games uh, is right now what the, both teams have wanted. There's a mention of 52, but it's hard to say. It really is. So I hope the NHL schedule does kick off. Now it's time to move on to my NFL picks. I'm sorry that I've gone on a little bit of a rant today. It's been a little you know, all over the map, especially when it's talking about COVID with the NBA and the NHL. Uh, so I'm going to kick into my NFL picks. I'll make it nice and short. So... Uh, as you know, my record for the season is 41-19, and 19, 60 games. I'm happy. I added those two additional games from Thanksgiving into my schedule. So we have that there. So now I'm at an even 60. So doing my five games again. So games that I picked were, that is the wrong paper. I have here Colts and Texans, Packers and Eagles, Chiefs and Broncos, Bears and Lions, Minnesota and Jacksonville. And my winners are, or my projected winners are, uh, Colts, Packers, Chiefs, Bears. Or sorry, oh no, scratch that. I don't want the Bears. That's not who I wanted. Of course, when I did the setup, all my majority of my winners are on the left. I have the one winner on the right. So, repeat. Colts I have winning, Packers I have winning, Chiefs I have winning, Lions I have winning, Minnesota I have winning. Those are my five winners of the week. Uh, I'm liking the Colts to rebound after the Titans loss against the Texans. It's great that the Texans beat uh, Detroit, but I think with the loss of Will Fuller for suspension, as well as one of their DBs for suspension, the Colts will do well. My concern with the Colts is, you know, you're losing Anthony Constanzo, Enrique is out, but you have uh, uh, D'Amico Arture and DeForest Buckner coming back for the defensive line, plus Jonathan Taylor. And your wide receiver core is healthy. So I'm, I'm liking this for the Colts. Packers. Well, the Packers are the Packers, and the Eagles are terrible. You saw what happened Monday night. I'm taking the Packers over the Eagles. Chiefs and Broncos, I think that's enough said. Chiefs played a good game against the Bucks last week. Chiefs will continue with their win streak with another W tomorrow. Bears and Lions. Bears did the comeback week one. Lions are going to get the revenge game and seal the win for tomorrow, taking the Lions against the Bears. And Minnesota... Well, they're not going to be really fighting for a playoff spot, but they are going to be getting an easy win. I'm taking Minnesota over Jacksonville for that W. I'm going for a 5-0 and here. I would like a 5-0. and It's been a while. Last week, 4-1, and or technically 5-2, and if you include my Thanksgiving. But last Sunday was five or 4-1. and So hopefully go 5-0. and You know, it'll be 46-19. and Really hoping for that, but right now... 
Yeah, you know what? I want five and zero. That's what I want. That's all right. That's what I want. So just repeating my uh, picks: Colts, Packers, Chiefs, Lions, Minnesota. Not the Bears. I want the Bears to lose. So there. So Bear, uh, the Lions are going to do a, uh, get the win. They're not going to let the Bears do a comeback. So Lions for the W and Minnesota, Chiefs, Packers, Colts. So those are my five picks. So now it is time for my top ten Canadian greatest. Sorry, top ten Canadian athletes of the last twenty-five years. So that's what's coming up next. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It's now time for my top 10 Canadian uh, athletes of the last 25 years. This is one of my toughest lists. All my lists have been tough, whether it was the top 25 athletes of, the, of all time, uh, my NBA players, my top 10 women, uh, women athletes of the last 25 years, top golfers top hockey players it is a tough list to do and it's always tough to come up with but this list here it's not just male top 10 male canadian athletes top 10 females it is the top 10 canadian athletes uh there so i will be looking over all athletes and what they've done whether it's individual team sports you have to pay respect to those athletes and what they have done so uh kicking off with number 10 brooke henderson so what she's done since she's come into professional golf nine wins including a major she has the most professional wins of any canadian golfer in sports that's including weir delat nick taylor Corey connors mackenzie hughes stephen ames what she has done has been phenomenal now it, it's in her career is only going up plus she also has uh top 10 top 15s in all the majors that's the british uh the uh, Avion Championship, as well as the U.S. Open Championship and the Inspiration Championship. Uh, she is the winner of the LPGA Championship, uh, but she has top five finishes in those other uh, majors. So the career is looking great for her, and she's only 23 years old. So congrats to her. Number nine, uh, Mr. Uh, George St. Pierre. Listen, he has been the face of a UFC fighting for the last 15 years uh yes he's done the off and on when it comes to uh fighting in those championships uh but you know it's, it's always been great to see him there uh when you're looking at him uh one-time middleweight champion uh two-time ufc welterweight champion and we always wanted to see him get better listen we always remember his uh great fights uh but he, he was one of the best grapplers out there listen he, he was physical. He was dominant in the ring. What he did in UFC and what he was able to face. We always wondered what would happen if it was him versus Silva in the ring. That's the one thing we always wanted him to fight. And that's, we were always waiting for that. Um, when you look at his records here, most wins by welterweight title fights, 14. Most wins uh, in division, 19. Most wins in welterweight title fights, 12. So it's... It's kind of good to see in regards to uh, what's happening there. Uh, so we're looking here. What other successful uh, information we have here? But no, it's just what he has done for the sport in regards to UFC has been phenomenal. He is part of the class of 2020 for the UFC Hall of Fame. 
listen, we, we, we've seen him lose fights, and we've seen him rebound off of it. And what, let me just take a look here. I'm just looking at some of his old fights, because I remember the first fight I saw him in, where we are here. I, so I saw here the fight against Koscheck. Yes, I remember this. Um, the fight against Koscheck. It was one for, yes, there we go. Here we go. Koscheck, he's fought multiple times. But I remember one of his losses, whether it was to Matt Hughes, but I remember it was Koscheck, I think it was like one of his first fights I saw him fight in. Lost, came back, and just dominated and just won. It was just like a revenge match of what he did. You know, it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal game. So I'm just trying to take a look here. Let me just see here. Maybe it was the Matt Serra fight. But I remember one of his fights, he lost. Lost the title, came back, and just dominated the next guy that he won. And that's what I'm looking at here. When I'm looking at those fights, he just dominated. And Koscheck was one of those guys that he did dominate. And he did it more than just once. He did it a couple times. So, but listen, GSP for what he has done in regards to uh, UFC has just been phenomenal. And it's helped grow the sport as well. Now, going on to my number seven, uh, sorry, number eight uh, Canadian athlete of all time, Joey Votto, the Cincinnati Red, but uh, former NL MVP, also all star, two time Lou Marsh winner. Help get the help get the Cincinnati Reds to the playoffs this year. Has been to the playoffs multiple times with the same team, but he's had a solid Canadian or solid baseball career as a Canadian. Just under 300 home runs. Like I stated, the ML, uh, the MVP back in 2011 has had multiple uh, double-digit home run seasons, and he has been the face of you know in a league where you have. Um, Mike Trout. You have guys like uh, Mookie Betts, who's now in the West. Uh, when you got like you, you see a bunch of MVPs there, and you know being the face, and he what he has done in regards to um, baseball. Listen, it's great, and especially for a Canadian. When you especially when you have you know uh, guys like Jason Bay in the league as well, Justin Moreno, uh, Marno. Uh, in the league as well. And he's been consistent and still in the league since coming into 2007. But uh, sorry to state, I got the year confused in regards to MVP, 2010 NL MVP uh, for that season and multiple Lou Marsh Awards winners. So Joey Votto, my number eight uh, uh, Canadian of uh, the last 25 years. My number eight Canadian athlete of the last 25 years. Short track, speed skating, Mark Gagnon. Listen, he has been one of the most dominant speed skaters uh, of the last 25 years, going back to maybe the early 2000s, late 90s. But when you look at his resume of what he has done in the last 25 years, hasn't competed in the Olympics since Salt Lake, but if you look at what he has done, uh, three Olympic gold medals, has been given, has been awarded five Olympic medals overall, three of them gold, two bronzes, 14 world championships, additional five more world championships in the team event. So world team championships, five, world championships, 14, plus his three Olympic gold medals. Phenomenal career. So 
what he has done in short track, what he's done in whether it's the relay, whether it's in the 500 meter race, what he has done has been phenomenal. And it's definitely been the face of Canada as well. And he, he's done other things as well. Listen, he's got 10 second places, five thirds. He's got five Olympic medals, which is phenomenal, which is huge in regards to Canadians at the Olympics. Listen, we always dominate well at the Olympic Games. Mark Yanyan has been one of those faces that has represented our nation multiple times and helped bring home the championship or help bring home the gold for our country. So Mark Gagnon, my number seventh Canadian of the last 25 years. So we're going to go into another Olympian, another uh, phenomenal athlete when it comes to the Olympic Games. And it's not just whether it's in the Winter Olympics or whether it's uh, in the Summer Olympics. So when we're talking about someone who has been the face of Canada, especially the Olympics in the summer and the winter, you're going to look at Clara Hughes. Um, she is probably one of the most decorated Canadian athletes that we've had here, and she is definitely well-deserving um, being on this list when what she has done. Uh, multiple Olympic win wins. Uh, so when we look at here, Gold for Winter Olympics, uh, she won the gold in 2006 with the 5,000 meter uh, when they played in Turin. Uh, silver medal as well, a bronze in Salt Lake, and bronze in Vancouver. That's just for women's speed skating. And she's got two Olympic bronze from her Olympic Games in women's cycling uh, back when it was in Atlanta. But it's not just what else has she's done. She's got world championships in regards to women's cycling. And then when we're looking at women's championships for speed skating, she's got gold in 2004 for Seoul, plus multiple silvers, whether it was in uh, Nagano, Vancouver, uh, Berlin. So she, she has dominated at the world stages no matter where she has gone. And she has always been the face of Canadian athletics. And she's done great work in regards to helping with mental health awareness as well. You always see her in the Bell commercials helping promote mental health. And listen, she has herself struggled with that depression. And what she has done has been phenomenal. And what she's done in her athletic career has been phenomenal as well. And for my number six athlete for Canadians, Clara Hughes is well deserving of that. So now if we go to my number five athlete of all time, listen, she has been on multiple lists. Whether it's my top 25 athletes of all time, whether it's my top female athletes, uh, there, uh, Christine Sinclair. Listen, what else is there to say? I've talked about her enough on some of my top 10 lists of what she has done. Listen, um, what she did at the Olympics and what she's done for our, our nation's soccer. She's also holds the records for most international goals by an individual. And it's phenomenal what she has done for us and for uh, women's soccer. And it's great. It is really great on what she has done, and we are so happy for her to be the face of soccer and what she has accomplished the last couple of years. If, if you're new to the podcast, uh, listen to my other rankings. I will be reposting them down the road. But what she has done has just been phenomenal. Which it has been. Listen, what she's done at the Olympics, what she's done at the World Cup for Canada, uh, bringing home uh, the bronze for us. It's just amazing what she's done. She continued to fight through that. And what she means to soccer is great. 
And like once I said before, she owns the record for the most goals, men and women at the international stage. So most goals there, 186 goals is what she has. 186, which is just phenomenal. Just incredible what she has done at that stage. It is. It really is incredible what she's done. And she's been the face, like I stated, multiple times. Uh, just multiple times on what she's done for the soccer. It is. So I'm just going to give you an update. Yes. Sorry, 184 goals. Sorry. My apologies. Let me take a look here. Sorry. 100 and... I believe it's 186. Why am I messing this up? I went in there hard, knowing what it was. So, Christine Sinclair. Yes, yeah, sorry, 185. My apologies. So, 185 goals at the world stage uh, for what she has done. Most, most goals, most international goals, which is a record. So I apologize, I made the correction, 185. I don't know why I went with 186. 186 does sound better than 185, but 185 goals scored. Well deserving. And going to uh, my top four, when we're looking at it here, uh, Steve Nash. Listen, what he has done in the NBA was just phenomenal. Back-to-back uh, -back MVPs, eight-time All-Star, Three All-NBA First Team, Second Team, uh, five-time NBA assist leader, uh, four-time 50, 40, 90. He uh, did that back in 2006, 2008, 2010. Uh, Lou Marsh Award winner as well. And just he's just been phenomenal. Listen, what he's done off of the court, he's a two-time NBA championship, but he only did it as a consultant. That was with the Warriors. But he has a phenomenal record. Uh, record in regards to what he did in the NBA. Listen, he was one of the best point guards in the league. We saw what he was able to do with Phoenix. It was just incredible what he did when he had Stoudemire, uh, Grand Hill, you know, it was in, uh, Boozer as well. Just a phenomenal team when he played. Listen, uh, he wasn't originally born in Canada. Let me just get that straight. But he is a Canadian citizen. Uh, Born in Johannesburg, but what he has done as a Canadian citizen, you have to respect what he's done to put on the map. He was one of the first Canadian, well not one of the first, but one of the you know highest picks as a Canadian in regards to the NBA draft. Drafted 15th overall, had a stellar career in Phoenix. It's one of those players that you wanted to win an NBA championship so bad. But what he did in the 2006, 2000, sorry, 2005, 2006 season was just incredible just incredible he was definitely the leader the general you know, on, on those phoenix suns teams never got into the finals unfortunately but he played in a conference where it was impossible to get through when you're playing against kobe dirk and the san antonio spurs it, it was just tough to get to that upper echelon in regards to the championship so that's my number four number three donovan bailey this man broke the world record in 1996, two-time gold medal winner. Listen, what he's done for the track, what he's done off of it, and what he's helped promote in regards to uh, running and athleticism for the for the country. And he, he's just been, you know, one of the faces of 
Canada, especially when it comes to uh, sports. So when you're looking at him, uh, Canada Sports Hall of Fame, uh, once as an individual, two as part of the Olympic 4x100 relay team. Uh, he's done stuff for CBC in the Olympics. He was member of the Order of Ontario, Canada Walk of Fame. But what he has done for um, Canadian racing, what he's helped to grow. If you don't look at, if you look at Andre DeGrasse, without Donovan Bailey, you're not having guys like Andre DeGrasse as well. Just helping become, help grow uh, the sport as well. But he, what he's done at the stage, listen, we saw what he did when he raced against Johnson because, you know, they, Johnson believed that he was still faster than uh, Donovan Bailey. So I remember the little uh, gathering that they had when they faced each other. But listen, he, he's done multiple world titles for Canada as well as the 100-meter level, or at the 100-meter race. He did have an injury, uh, which helped, which did hold him back and did not let him really participate in the Olympics, did suffer from pneumonia. So he wasn't unable to perform in the 2000 Olympics, which did make it sad. But his record did hold on until the 2008 Olympics, which was broken by you now, now Usain Bolt. Listen, that record stood as an Olympic record for the test of time. And it was hard for as many people who came after him to win the, the Olympic gold. Many people didn't break it until 12 years later with Usain Bolt. So to uh, Donovan Bailey, one of the greatest athletes that we've had in Canada. So that my apologies. Uh, I got the wrong Johnson mixed up. It was Michael Johnson, not Ben Johnson. So my apologies. If you are Canadian, you are well aware of what happened with Ben Johnson. So uh, Michael Johnson in regards to that race where Donovan Bailey did win because Johnson believed, like I stated, was the faster runner than Bailey. So we all saw what happened there. And Bailey did win and received a nice little paycheck of $1.5 million. Number two, Haley Wickenhauser, like I stated. I've had her on multiple lists, whether it's the top female athletes the last 25 years or one of the top 25 female athletes, or not 20, top 25 female athletes, top 25, top 25 athletes of all time. I will eventually get these words out correctly. I do apologize. But listen, what she has done at the world stage, listen, multiple gold wins. Uh, gold medals, multiple world championships. What she has done for Canadian hockey, not just that, for women's hockey over the world has been phenomenal. She's helped grow women's hockey. She, she's been like the face of it. Listen, she's, she's dominated the U.S., she's dominated on many stages. She's even played in Europe on semi-pro men's leagues. And it is amazing what she's done. Let's not forget, she's also a hockey Hall of Famer. Hockey Hall of Famer Haley Wickenhauser. So remember that as well. But I, I've talked about her so many times that if you have listened to the show before, Haley Wickenhauser, one of the greatest hockey players in the last 25 years. And this is including her playing, including men as well. She has just been phenomenal. And she's well deserving to being the number two of all time, or number two in the last 25 years of the greatest athletes for Canada. So. And that's number two. Now, um, in my honorable mentions, lots of people I can talk to about. Alfonso Davies, listen what he's done. Champions League this past year. Uh, Bianca Andreescu uh, winning the U.S. Open. Uh, congrats to her. 
Mike Weir and what he has done as well. Masters champion, multiple wins. Uh, had some up and downs with his injuries as well. You can talk about guys like Patrick Law. You know, someone did mention Gretzky, but, you know, when you look at the last 25 years, it was near the end of his career. You know, Lemieux was off and on. He wasn't the same Lemieux that we saw in the 90s. You know, you can talk about other Canadians as well. But when we look at what these athletes have done, uh, so I'm going to repeat my 10 to 2 as well. But, you know, in oh, Jeannie Bouchard, Milos Raonic, I can include them as well. Listen, Bouchard is a phenomenal tennis player, but she's had that one trip to the semis. And what Bianca did against Serena Williams, not just beating her once, but she did beat her twice at the Rogers Open. Bianca is a little bit higher than her when it comes to that status. So if I do this list in another five years, listen, Bianca is going to be up there in regards to athleticism. But Bianca hasn't really done much since the U.S. Open. She's taken time off, whether it's from injury or due to the pandemic, uh, trying to rehab, get herself back. Bouchard has not been the same since what she's done in the semis. Milos Raonic, no. Listen. He made it to the finals against Wimbledon. He has multiple tour wins. He does have multiple wins. But when it comes to winning the big one, he has yet to get there yet. He lost to Federer in Wimbledon years back, which was great because he was one of the first Canadians, or actually was the first Canadian male to get to the major um, and try to win it, but we all saw the result. So those are my honorable mentions. So I'm going to redo my 10 to 1. Uh, Henderson, GSP, Joey Votto, Mark Gagnon, Clara Hughes, uh, Christine Sinclair, Steve Nash, Donovan Bailey, Haley Wickenhauser, and number one, some people are going to like it, some people are not, but to Sidney Crosby um, for the last 25 years. Not for, well, he hasn't been in the league for 25 years. He's been in the league for now going on to 15. But what he has done, whether it's at the junior stage, the world stage, at the NHL stage, he has just been dominant through there. World Junior Medal uh, for Gold, uh, World Championship, and World Cup. Three-time Stanley Cup champion, twice awarded the Conn Smythe, and also two-time Olympic gold medalist. He's been the face of hockey ever since he's entered into the league. Uh, we've seen the rivalry between him and Alexander Ovechkin, but he, he has been the face of Canadian hockey. Listen, he, he has been that captain. He has been that leader. Um, like... Taves has been the captain as well, but, you know, Crosby has always been that brand name. Crosby has been the face of the NHL. Even today when you have guys like Matthews, um, Connor McDavid, uh, why am I drawing blanks on so many people? Uh, You you have guys like uh, Bergeron, you you have guys like Stamkos and Kucherov, Patrick Waugh, you know, Mitch Marner, I'm drawing a lot of blanks, Uh, Hughes, why am I having so much trouble, Nathan McKinnon, that's the name I was thinking of, my God, Nathan McKinnon as well, Uh, but Crosby has still been part of that bunch, and he has been consistent with his his game, still a constant point, a game, goal scorer, when we look at the resume and what he's done as a Canadian, it's phenomenal. Three-time Stanley Cup, like I stated, twice awarded the Conn Smythe, two-time gold medal winner, winner of the gold medal, won, won at the gold medal uh, for World Juniors, won the World Cup, and won World Championships. So that is my uh, 
top 10 list of the greatest, uh, or sorry, top 10 Canadian athletes of the last 25 years. I'm sorry if I went a little off and on in regards to certain athletes. Um, I could have cleaned it up a little bit better, so I do apologize. So just to go over the list again. So we're looking at Brooke Henderson, number 10, GSP, number 9, Joey Votto, 8, Mark Gagnon, 7, 6, Clara Hughes, 5, Christine Sinclair, 4, Steve Nash, 3, uh, Donovan Bailey, and 2, Haley Wickenhauser, and number 1, Donovan McNabb. So that's my top 10 list. Uh, that is my show for today. So I'd just like to recap as well. Uh, my win, my picks for the week, uh, Colts, Packers, Chiefs, Lions, Minnesota. Uh, Monday show, I will recap my weekend, including my picks, including updates in the NBA as we get closer and closer to the first preseason game. My apologies uh, for that little bit of a hiccup. So I do uh, apologize again. So hopefully Monday I'm talking about my 5-0 win from the weekend and uh, any updates in regards to college football. USC plays tomorrow. Yes. So Sunday I get the Colts game and I get USC as well as some playing hockey tonight with tomorrow night with my hockey team. So very excited about that. So I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the list. Thank you for listening to the Draining Jimmy's podcast. <laughs>